0: Welcome to Disciples of Agony, Episode 7. I'm Stan, handling the intro for this episode. I'm Peyton. And we have with us a special guest.
1: Hi, my name's Tom Wersinger. I was on Team Lunicorns at the ATC. i not sure when this airs, but it was last weekend for me right now.
0: Awesome. Can you tell us a little about your time with Scorn?
1: I've been playing Scorn for about a year and a half, I was sort of slow building them back in Mark II when I was maining Kador. And then after the Scorn errata, I decided to switch factions just because Kador was getting a little stale for me, and just a lot of interesting stuff in Scorn, especially the Shaman. I fell in love with the Shaman right away, and everything else just sort of revolving around it.
0: Yes, Scorn's a really interesting faction in that it's probably the fastest slow-looking faction in the game if that makes sense <laughs> yeah like uh, like a lot of the threat ranges and all the layered abilities really add up to having kind of an unexpected unexpected playstyle
1: there's a lot of parallels between Kator and Scorn where it's sort of a a face forward punch your opponent sort of faction but mm-hmm. Scorn just has that that little twist of having a few tricks to back it up a little bit more synergy synergy than Cador does.
0: Yeah, and uh, what local meta are you from?
1: Uh, I'm from Minneapolis. And actually, everyone from Lunicorns plays at Tower Games in Minneapolis.
0: Awesome. I will have to look up Tower Games after this (laughs) cast.
1: What else did you... What was the rest of the question?
0: Oh, mostly just your history with Scorn. I've honestly not been playing the game very long, but I started out with scorn and I haven't jumped ship at all. Like I've okay. I've dabbled in Grimkin and I I play circle here and there, but I mostly it's like a weird like espionage story with me where I just play play things that I wanna have more experience into and get a better understanding of them.
1: Yeah, it's a really good way to learn other factions. I I played a few games of minions just when I was Flushing out my Disciples of Agony theme force. And have just been sticking with Scorn since pretty much the last ATC.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And I assume you're pretty happy with the dynamic update then.
1: Yeah, I didn't know if a movable object would stick or not. But I'm, I'm happy it did. It gives a lot of flavor to the theme force. It's a very strong ability as well, but it gave it a certain feel that I like to it as well.
0: Uh, Initially, when they announced that we would have such a low model count, I was not happy, but they really did a lot with uh, only putting a little bit into CID. So, Tom, why don't you tell us a little bit about what the ATC is?
1: So, the ATC is a five-man team tournament. It's based off of the WTC, which this year is going to be in Belgium, where everyone has a team of five. And there's a matchup process between the two teams. And then each player plays sort of the the basic steamroller game based off that.
0: Can you talk a little bit about how teams approach the ATC in terms of table selection versus matchup selection? Maybe a little bit about how your team built the composition for this event?
1: Sure. So when the teams come to the table, there's a roll off. And whichever team wins the roll off decides to be either team A or team B. I think it's team A gets to decide one more matchup than team B does, but team B gets to decide which table each game plays on. I know at least one of our rounds we decided to pick tables. Things like Magnus two or Iona can rely very heavily on the the terrain on the table. So being able to get something good for your team or deny your opponent something, could be very strong.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I, I could see either decision being valuable. Uh, although tables, I've heard that a lot of the top teams do favor table selection, but it's probably based on composition.
1: One round we picked tables, every other time we picked matchups. Mm-hmm. And the one time we picked tables, one table had a very good building for Magnus to hide behind. And that's something that he needs to be able to leverage his feet effectively Mm -hmm. and then there were some really good hellmouth forests as well and that's kind of what we were aiming for yuck yeah (laughs) 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 luckily i never had to play against callus
0: yeah that list was tearing it up quite a bit i heard
1: yeah um dave our captain was our legion player and he just dropped callus every round every round that he played he was this is the Kalos drop. This is the Kalos drop. And as far as our team, what I'm thinking of faction selection goes, it was kind of whatever we had been playing at the time. Most of us play two factions. Ben has both Circle and Menoth, but Menoth's the idea had been out first, so he had more practice with that. And that's just kind of what we were going for, is trying to get the faction we had the most practice with. Mm-hmm. And it was just sort of a happy coincidence that we had a good spread of factions throughout our team.
0: Would you mind going through what the composition was for your team?
1: Uh, Sure. We had David, who is Legion. He is running Callus and Twins, which is a fairly dark horse, but it's the same list he brought to ATC last year, and he has a pretty good win rate with it. We have Ben Lubet, who is running Menoth, a high reclaimer list, and Harpy1. And then we had Ethan, who is our Crucible Guard player. He was running Silvestro with two trains and a Vulcan, with a unit of Press Gangers, and then some Support Sundry, and a Gear Hurt list, which was specifically tacked into Double Turtles after he'd run into my Kaiju list a couple times. I was running that with Xerxes two and Zol and Immortals. And then we had uh, Tom Kleiss, who had a Magnus II-Damiano pairing. Damiano actually in Kingmaker, and then Magnus II in Irregulars.
0: Before we jump into the thick of it, I just want to have a little lighthearted moment and talk about what you enjoyed outside of playing War Machine at this event. Were there any good bar stories or food or people that you met that you know now you're going to stay in touch with?
1: Just the people that have approached to congratulate, we're starting to talk with a lot. It's one of those things where we had three full teams there from our meta, so we were a little, a little more involved with them for the two dinners, mm-hmm. both Friday and Saturday night. In, in this case, we don't, we as a meta don't travel too often, but I know I got home and I added, I think five or six people on Facebook right away.
0: Yeah, that's that's always a part about these events that isn't spoken about enough, where. Obviously, like, there's a lot of fun to be had uh, on top of the stress of playing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it, it, it'd probably get a little bit better, but we were trying to limit the late nights and drinking when we did so well on Saturday that it kind of cut into that a little bit, too.
2: Definitely. Losing day one can let you
1: relax a little bit
2: more than when you go 3 uh, 0. I was kind of
1: hoping for the for the second one round, round drops there so we could all grab a beer and have fun with it. But uh, it's it's not how it turned out.
0: <laughs> so uh, as is the Scorn player on your team, can you talk a little bit about Scorn in a team format setting? Did you have a lot of input with your team captain as to matchup pairings or the faction identity and like what you could contribute in terms of the team format?
1: Yeah, it, it's good to have for every team to have a Scorn player. There's so much out there right now, I think. Three of the teams we played against had double Scorn. So just being able to talk about this is how this caster plays, this is what you can expect from them. And just being the double Turtles player in our meta for the last year kind of gives everyone an idea of what to expect when they come screaming across the table at you.
0: Or I'm sure um, they all love you very much.
1: For your turtles. <laughs> They've gotten good yeah. at countering, so, you know, it's, it's working out well. No yeah. salt about turtles in your meta? That's what I heard. Yeah, no, not too much. <laughs> most, most people can deal with them now, and that with the amount of Scorn floating around, that was just good for everybody.
0: Yeah, the, the way I see Scorn right now is uh, you have Circle, which is alien, and then Scorn is Predator. And then you have, you have the rest of the meta kind of shaping around that.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. We had uh, two different teams we played against for Double Circle, Double Scorn, with a third faction just re- representing one of them. They're very prominent in the meta right now, and we'll see how that changes over the next couple of months while the CID changes start calming down.
0: Yeah, yep. yeah, it'll be really interesting to see where people settle and what what's going to happen with medium bases, which have yeah. spiked tremendously, but now might peel back a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's you always see the the pendulum swing really far one way when the CID releases, and that's definitely where scorn is now, and Circle and Menoth as well. And we'll just see where. Word swings back to where it winds up being in a couple of months.
0: Bold prediction. Legion's still going to be playing Callus. <laughs> <laughs> really? They still won't know what the <laughs> off list is. Uh, all right. I guess we've already gone through your team. Kind of got a decent understanding of what the meta is like going into the event. And I'm honestly a huge fan of team composition being what you think you play the best and kind of working around that through your captain or through each other to succeed.
1: Yeah, that's definitely how we approached it. Everyone just sort of brought their steamroller pairings and we called it good from that.
0: So for the next segment, we're going to go through Lunicorn's run through the ATC through okay. Tom's Eyes. But before we start, what what's up with the name? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so we wanted a name that was very Minnesotan, and there are a couple different options. Most ba- based mostly off of shirts we can find on Amazon. We didn't want to go too far out of the way looking for jerseys. Mm-hmm. And the loon is the Minnesota state bird, so there's a lot of uh, loon iconography around, and we just thought it was um, a fun play on it, like a jackalope or some other you know fake mythical creature.
0: Okay, yeah, I like it. I don't know if I've seen your shirts, but I'll have to have a look at that. Okay. All right, so why don't you start us off with your first game?
1: So first game, I got dropped into Kador. This was... Uh,
0: Rocky Mountain High was
1: your... Rocky Mountain yeah. High, a player named Michael Kaiser. I am hoping I'm getting all these names right. And he had Vlad won Rockets with with uh, Grolar Marauder as a battle group. Mm-hmm. And then Butcher won an armored core. So I wound up dropping Kaiju. Uh, should I assume people know what this list is or should I go over it?
0: If they're listening to this cast, and yeah, they okay. don't know what Kaiju is.
1: Okay. The, there's a couple versions <laughs> running around. Mine was uh, Brian's with Tiberian and the Reptile Hound. So he winds up dropping Vlad one. This is on, uh, what's that scenario called? It's the Equal Signs how I remember. No, standoff? Standoff, yeah. I win the die roll to go first. Sort of everything goes screaming up the table. Rapport went on Tiberian, which I just found out was incorrect of me, but it worked out. (laughs) 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 And uh, he sort of runs forward, too, gets uh, gets some space. Turn two, I opted not to feat. A major target there was the... He had 12 Rockets three, sorry, two units of the infantry, two units of the rifle. And so I couldn't get to enough rockets with turtle guns. So I decided to play a little cagey, put some shots into the Marauder, went for some other rockets on the left-hand side, but just wasn't able to clear any of them off. Uh, His turn two was the, the big work turn for him. He decided to go all out, Feet's Boundless Charges, the Marauder, I left both Fun Turtle and the Hydra outside of Feet Charge range, but inside Feet and Boundless Charge. The thinking had been that he'll get one of the two, and since the Turtle was just outside the Kraya bubble, since Xerxes couldn't really get up there to put up his own, otherwise he dies... That he would take the turtle, and I'd be able to counter pretty hard with Hydra, Tiberian, and the other turtle under my feet turn. Uh, he rolls pretty well. I think it was four rockets and one rifle, three-man CRA, removes the turtle. Oh. And um, the other unit and a half, the Marauder, and one shot from the Grolar removes the Hydra. That was under Kreia. So, he was rolling pretty good. Sounds like. And then, he, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> and unfortunately, the, the Grolar had to come forward to get the shot onto the Hydra, because it had been left on two or three boxes before he put that shot into it. And so he runs a Gobbert Tinker and the, what is it, the field gun to block line of sight to Vlad because he had started on the other side of the board and put shots into, he put a fairly big CRA into that turtle, which I shield guarded Tiberian, and he did the only hyper aggressive move I had all tournament, and wound up about eight inches away from flat. <laughs> 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 so it, it it gets back to me top of three, and I've lost two of my huge bases. Like, well, it's. It's time to assassinate. Uh, if that doesn't work out, not sure what I'm going to do. So with the way that the, the take-up works and uh, overtake on Tiberian, I had to get two of the bodies off of the field gun, and I had to clear off Tiberian. So I wound up having to drop Rapport to get Bulldoze on two Xerxes to get some of the Winogard out of the way, and get two, what was it, Strangleholds, into the field gun, just to clear off the take-up targets. So uh, Tiberian could walk in, only have to spend one attack uh, on the field gun, and then overtake into flat. Looking for signs important eights to hit should be, should be pretty safe. So Turtle goes, clears off his lane, Xerxes goes first, clears Tiberian, gets land both shots into the field gun, and the Turtle then goes, the last one alive clears off I think two that were standing in the way so the Tiberian doesn't have to bulldoze Tiberian walks in hits the field gun overtakes into Vlad hits the first eight going into Vlad roll well leaves Vlad on four boxes and hits the second attack and just puts Vlad down
0: nice yeah very nice
1: so top of three assassination on Vlad
0: not really much to say about I always find Kador and Kaiju to be there's not a whole lot that they have going on that is really scary for us and even though you did get diced pretty good and you had stuff blown up it's the list is so fast like deceptively fast and in position that you can get a good crack back
2: Especially when the, you go first and take the entire half the board top of one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> Vlad was the back of his zone, like still behind his objective. And Tiberian was able to get to him. And that's just one of the problems with Vlad is if he gets that much work done, he's usually fairly easy to kill.
2: And he, you said he had bound, uh, he was
1: like on a one or two camp? He was on zero camp because he had to put one. Up on the Marauder cast signs importance and boundless charge, the Marauder to get mm, it out yeah. to the Hydra.
0: So, yeah, I mean, those great dice came at a pretty <laughs> large price for him.
1: Yeah. He, he had to go for it. Otherwise he just gets pushed out of scenario, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, did you feel like your team dropped you into a pretty advantageous matchup?
1: Yeah. Uh, I had less respect for the rockets than I should have which will always catch you off guard, but I had played Vlad one a fair amount before I'd switched to scorn. So I kind of knew I knew his side of the matchup as well as mine, where I don't think he had run into kaiju before.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Knowing both sides of it, I think gave me an advantage as well.
0: It seems like the big mistakes were already pointed out as far as the game went and, I don't really have too many questions for you about this matchup. It went about the way that I should have, more or less, dice results.
1: Yeah. And that's that's kind of why I like having Rapport on Tiberian, just so he can sort of dig deep and threaten the assassination on, on the next turn.
0: Sure, yeah. Like we talked about in Discord earlier, it's not 100% yeah. right to do each spell on a certain target. Like While I like it on the Hydra typically... Because Tiberian has a higher mat value and is usually my second wave piece. But in this case, your first wave got blown up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, Vlad Wander Rockets will still do that. You don't see it much too more, but it uh, still packs a punch.
2: Yeah. It does indeed. You got any more questions, Peyton? No, I think this matchup is pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. Either you lose literally everything to rockets or you get two models left to either kill Vlad or kill his army, depending on what the two pieces are.
0: All right, so let's move on to the second game.
1: We got, we got trapped into Pillars of Sight, which was a second-round team. This was the first team that had two score and two circle, and the fifth member was Nathan Stickney, and he was playing Mercenaries of Fiona Magnus II. Ambo.
0: Wow, so that's two Fionas on the teams you've faced so far.
1: I think they were the only two Fionas in the tournament. I don't know huh. if there are any more beyond those.
0: I don't know. I don't have the Mercenary stats handy right now.
1: I have it here. There were two Fionas. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I got dropped into Mercs on Invasion. So it's a less lively scenario, which means Kaiju can play into Magnus at least equally. Uh, I play against Tom Kleist quite a bit with that matchup, the Magnus to Kaiju. And on some scenarios it's playable. I know Fiona has that auto point of damage spell, which just shuts down everything that Zol wants to do. Mm-hmm. So he was yeah. hoping I'd drop Zol, and he dropped Fiona. And he was a little surprised that I dropped Xerxes into it. I, I think in this case Fiona was a little too strong of a counter for Zol, I didn't really have a choice, especially yeah. on this scenario. So, so,
2: before lists were selected, how did you feel about this matchup going in?
1: I felt fine. I've played against I played Xerxes Magnus probably 20 times, 25 times over the last year, and it's playable especially on a scenario like this, spread the net or mirage. It's not a good matchup. But cool. on this he's especially if you can snipe out Ragman, he just struggles to cut through enough and score enough fast enough before you remove his pieces.
0: Alright, go on with the match.
1: Alright, so he drops Fiona. He had three drags and nomad. What's the one with chain weapon? I always forget it. The Mangler. The Mangler, and the one with the Trash. I'm so bad at Merc Jack names.
2: That's the Freebooter.
1: Yeah, the Freebooter. And two units of Idrians. And I a unit list. Hold of up, Press right Gangers. Yeah.
2: Yes. It looks like he has the Cannon. I and hope.
1: Mr. What's his name? Mr. Walls, Quartermaster.
2: Yeah. The uh, Hawk, Lord Rockbottom, Iris One for Solos. Oh, uh, he had Reinhold on Fiona.
1: So I win the roll to go first. Basic kaiju turn 1, everything runs. I have not to do sandstorm, just for more board space. And he puts both preys on the same turtle. So he runs up aggressively turn 1. Fiona charges and feats. She's not that common of a caster. Her feat is if you're in a control area, one less side to attack and damage rolls. And he's able to catch everything in my army I have to give up completely on scenario just to get out of his feet to try and get any work done adrian's come up they do a couple big cras into one turtle and I think leave it on about 10 boxes maybe 15 the big cras are I think dice plus three or dice plus four something like that between prey and all the other benefits so at that dice plus four
2: with prey they're power 13 and 11 man unit so yeah dice plus four
1: yeah dice plus four so the half-dead turtle is the only one I sent forward. I'm able to get it out of his feet. Kills a couple Idrians. Got a lucky nine to remove the CA piece that gives him prey. And just sort of play KG. He kills that turtle. Fails to kill my objective. And moves prey over to the Hydra. My following turn, Hydra goes forward. Starts spraying some Idrians. Is able to remove Ayana and the other chieftain. So he's, uh, he no longer has prey. And other turtle goes in, starts killing Adrian's. They get sort of jammed up on the left hand side. And On the right hand side, it's just Tiberian staring down a Nomad and the Mangler. He keeps on moving forward, a Pressganger, and every turn, Xerxes charge one, kills it, strangleholds either the Nomad or the Mangler, and sprints away. So that they're just <laughs> they're just outside of threat range of Tiberian, and that happens I think five rounds in a row. Every time I get the boosted 9 to to stranglehold one of his jacks, and the other one can't charge because it's behind a wall or just outside a threat to send Tiberian in. just every time, I I finally missed one, and that was the turn that I hadn't had any upkeeps, so I was able to cast it again and just got the boosted 9 again. So just one of his jacks had to sac movement or action the entire game.
0: I can't count the times that that spell has saved my butt.
1: It's it's so situationally hilarious.
0: Yeah, <laughs> people
2: don't expect it off thirty-five casters.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And don't when make fun it, of him for the hit and run. The man's got a broken back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you look at Makeda. You look at you look at like a butcher. You you want him to do that. You want him to be able to do that, and he just can't. But you give him you give him press gangers, and he'll sprint real good. <laughs> Oh man! He got charges off on the Hydra and wound up coming like nine boxes short. So Hydra was able to snack and heal back up to about half health because that's <sighs> yeah, what that's Hydra does. And there, just attrition was in my favor, and I was just able to to close it out on scenario. I think that one went late, round six or round seven. That was.
0: It's an interesting matchup, honestly, because I've never played it before. I don't think I've ever played into Fiona, actually. But the feat definitely neuters your alpha a bit, and pretty awesome that you were able to get your attrition lead.
1: It's a lot better than both of us thought it was going to be. Idrine is kind of the perfect thing that Turtles never want to see. That Def-13, Def-14, Sigamund Infantry, just they struggled to chew through that much.
2: yeah can definitely see it. And they can hit hard enough to actually scare a turtle with Prey. arm takes up to power 16 charges.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they can and the CRAs are yes, are a lot more painful than I thought they were going to be.
2: It's been a long time since I played against Fiona.
1: <laughs> yeah. She's going to rework this CID, so it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um that I mean, really common- how much her she her feet stays the same. And she just gets an actual spell list. <laughs> hey,
1: Affliction's <laughs> real good into Immortals right now. I think that she was just a targeted draft for it.
2: So actually, the guy that's played this is in Discord. And he's been playing her for about like four or five months.
1: That's um, uh, Nathan? Yes.
2: He's okay. Sooner 5 in the Discord. Okay. We actually had a chat about this about uh, two months ago. About this figure on the list. He really likes it. And that was back when I was playing Drakes. And I was like, sure. <laughs> but uh with me no longer playing Drake, she's a lot more scary since both my lists are very very melee focused
1: like halfway through the game i had forgotten what the commodore canon does and i had <laughs> left that oh, oh,
2: oh, okay
1: i had left the the hydra within 10 inches of it uh-huh and i'm not sure if you know this but with mr Walls, that's a pow 22 spray that hurts yep. a lot.
2: And harm to get the POW 24?
1: No. Or was, I had, or was
2: Ayana dead by then?
1: I, he had Iana and the Chieftain in uh, a trench, and Hydra had been able to, to spray him down. The Chieftain or the Guide? I'm, I don't remember which one gives prey.
2: Uh, the Guide is the one that gives prey. The Chieftain gives repo.
1: Okay. Rad 6 under sprays under science importance is real good.
2: It <laughs> sure is. <laughs> <laughs> I say that as I stare at my Vulcan. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I should how's say... the team? Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, no, go for it.
0: I was going to say, how's the team feeling after these two rounds? Because they were only a single game was dropped, right? Between both of them? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Two... We... Well, one game each, I mean.
1: One game each. And the first one was Ethan into a crate list. And that's just something we hadn't seen or really planned for. Mm-hmm. And. I guess he had just uh, wasn't sure which Jack was which, and had left a train inside uh, just an inch inside of a threat range, and wound up losing one for it. And mm. this matchup, I'm trying to remember what it was. This was okay. Ben into Makeda three, which I I didn't do my due diligence. I didn't I hadn't played Makeda three, so my team hadn't played against her yet. And I think that was just a learning curve game. Because she's pretty good into higher claimer, from my understanding.
0: Yes, it's really hard for him to do anything without being in Bopit ranged.
1: Oh, I'm looking I, forward to that.
2: Also, Chandler's playing a Bronzeback. Insight plus Bronzeback equals dead judicators. Oh, like,
1: yeah, the vast majority of the time. Yeah, that's, that's painful. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Talking to Chandler after that game, it sounds like uh, the protector player accidentally triggered a counter charge that, because bronzebacks haven't seen the table in a long time
1: oh yeah
2: and it let him get the bronzeback to the adjudicator earlier than uh, anticipated
0: mm-hmm. that's yeah. devastating yeah that's really devastating Hyper aggressive is the same thing if just you go slightly out of order and you let something like that happen towards the end of all your activations then or Tiberian
1: it's... shield
2: guard something
0: Yep,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got cut out doing that playing uh, playing Kator, just randomly lose Behemoth because he decides to shield guard something like that. You only have to learn that lesson so many times.
0: So for the next round, we get uh, a very live scenario in Mirage.
1: Yeah, Mirage. So I, I told Dave that if you can get me a, a Zaldrop drop here, it should be should be pretty good. And we had been seeing his, uh, so I played against Alex Smith from uh, Tapatu, 2, which I think they won last year?
2: Mm-hmm. They did.
1: Okay. I played, wound up getting to Alex Smith, who was playing Crix. So, you know, that's a Zoltrop. A Zoltrop. <laughs> and he was running Scar 1 and Scar 3. And his Scar 3 list was... Not normal. Not normal, but I, <laughs> after playing it, I really like it. It's, Wait, uh, I need to
0: check this out real quick.
1: All right, it's Star Three, Four, four Leviathans, Denny
2: Zero with two Arc notes, one Siren, one unit of Ironmongers, and three units of Overlords.
0: Okay,
1: yeah, yeah. Guess which one of those did work this game? Overlords, real good.
2: <laughs> Turns out they are. Uh,
1: so this one, Alex won the roll to go first, and his Jacks are speed six, so he. Just as what I was doing to people the first two rounds just come screaming across the board at me. I wound up feeding and just taking up as much table space as I could. And from there, he decided to back off a little bit. Because at that point, the overlords are dice off 10. Uh, so, Danny Zero runs a arc node forward and tries to vet him down a couple. Which really hurts under Denny 1, but being magic ability 4 and needing 7s to hit... Really changes the math on that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I know that that was a sore point among the Cricks players. It was that uh, magic ability stat? But uh, yeah, <laughs> go on. You,
1: you can only have so many seventy zeros running around before. Exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so, uh, unfortunately for him, only one of the immortals that got tagged with corrosion died which gave them the soul to charge over the wall that they're hiding behind. Oh. I tried killing a second one just to give him the plus two defense, but uh, Shaman wasn't able to get it done. Walk up behind one, missed the, what, four to hit? Second attack. <laughs> second attack, hit, failed to break armor. Third time, hits, breaks armor, and he tops. I'm like, well, I'm done with that. I'm moving on. That's, <laughs> that's a lost <laughs> cause. Uh, so he had given up some board- board space, and I was just able to score three that round, score two of that round. My flag contest his zone, and uh, the following turn the Overlords were able to come up and do work. I probably lost about half my Immortals, and he was able to shoot a Novitiate off of my flag. So I score one more, and he, he was just able to lightly contest my zone. So it was two nothing at that point and I was just able to get with a vengeance moves his objective, contest his flag and score my flag in my zone for those scenario win. Yeah.
0: Exalted's pretty freaking good at that.
1: It is, and we were talking about it afterwards, and he said that if he had realized how little I was camping, he probably would have gone for an assassination. Zal was hiding behind a forest and I had some stuff blocking line of sight, but between the ghost not the ghost shot, what is it, the uh, ignore line no. of sight shot that Scar has. Shadowfire? Shadowfire. Oh, yeah. Hor- horrible with ability names. Between Shadowfire and the Overlord's not needing a line of sight. Because I had figured that was an assassination list between the Curse of Shadows and just all of the shots from the Leviathans.
2: Uh, speaking of which, did they shoot down your Supreme Guardian, or were they busy shooting Immortals? Between four
1: Leviathans, he rolled five shots. Oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Damn. <laughs>
1: uh, and I had Vision up on the Supreme Guardian, so he just yeah. didn't go for it. Okay.
2: I was uh, thinking okay. eight shots with Burst Fire probably is scary to the Supreme Guardian, but uh, when you roll five shots on... Forty threes. It's not a yeah. scary anymore.
1: And I always had the the one soul on him, so he couldn't curse of shadows. It. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Denny can only cast that once. Yeah. So that was straightforward.
0: Yeah, it's a real funky list, but actually looks like a lot of fun.
1: It's one of the you don't really see it until it's on the table across from you. But it can be scary between the burst fire, the curse of shadows, and all the boosted hit rolls from Denny, or not Denny, but Scar. Oh, uh, Scar. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like also she her just bringing back like three overlords in a turn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did yeah, it's?
0: I, sorry, I just want to double back. Did he also allocate a ton to those leviathans that only rolled five shots collectively?
1: Uh he did not. Okay. Under my feet turn, he just decided not to shoot. Gotcha. And then they were back down to arm seventeen, so he only needed like what fours or fives to kill. He's
2: he's a. Pal 13. 13, so he
1: needs fives. Five. So he did the, the right thing under my feet, is just target out everything that wasn't a construct. Yeah. So the take-home message from this tournament is no Vitiates, die real easy.
2: Unless you're playing Sinker Makita 2-Jank. <laughs> <laughs> that list is...
0: It's not janky. I actually really I, I love it. I just can't find a place for it right now.
2: Yeah, I, I do like it. It's an interesting I, list.
0: I also I, I wouldn't be surprised if it showed up somewhere. You know, it's not like, uh, yeah, it's not like someone playing. Oh, sorry, Hexy I'm team. sorry. Hexy lovers. But yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
0: OK, cool. So this is another four one for your team, correct? Yeah. Tom
1: and played into Gorshade, which, again, had mm-hmm. a whole lot in our meta. And that was a a, a, le- a bit of a learning curve in that matchup.
2: If... Gorshade 4 is harsh on the learning curve.
1: Yeah. yeah. And Tom had said he had dropped the wrong list. He had seen Mirage. And as you do as a Merc player, you see Mirage, you drop Magnus too. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and just said that that wasn't the correct choice. Luckily... His very next game, he dropped it at Gorshade 4 again and dropped Damiano and was able to pull that out.
0: Nice. So if you you have this information, and if you could indulge me, can you tell me a little bit about the Morgul 2 versus Callus game? Do you know how that went for your team? I mean, obviously you won, but...
1: I didn't get a chance to ask Dave about it, but I've dropped Morgul 2 into him before. And Dave's really good about limiting how much you can get with the feet mm-hmm. he will have most of his army hidden behind maybe before chosen depending on terrain i think he had a forest or a building in the middle so he's just able to limit what the feet does and dave went first i know dave went first because the only game he only game he didn't go first was the last one and that again just puts your opponent on such the back foot against Callus that it's hard to win back parody
0: fair thanks for that let's move on to your games
1: <laughs> we didn't have a whole lot of time to discuss games afterwards
0: just move it on to the next game yeah i got no questions what about you Peyton? no nah. seems All right.
1: like a
2: pretty forward game
0: so this is my most interesting game as far as the ones you've played so far And this is going to be on Recon 2. Go ahead and tell us about this one.
1: This was playing in two... uh, This was West Coast Hill People. And I played against Ryan McEnery. Again, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Mm -hmm. And he had Iona and Wormwood. And this was the other team that had two Circle and two Scorn. And I had been our team's targeted Wormwood drop. So we had gotten me into this. We just didn't want to see Wormit on the table and figure with Exalted, we would never have to play into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he drops Iona, and I drop Zol. I won the roll to go first. Basic Zal turn. Everything runs turn one. His stuff all runs up, which runs a lot farther than mine, so I'm feeling he threatens me and I don't threaten him yet. So turn two, I decided to feat and trigger Vengeance on awesome one unit of the ravagers since Mm -hmm. the others had phantasm up on them. otherwise i would have gone for both just to see if i could get him to come in under feet and he doesn't take the bait and he just backs up a little bit and leaves i think two ravagers from one unit under in the charge range of immortals and then on the other side he had had a full unit of the wolf riders and one champion with He came forward with them, killed two of my three novitiates and just sort of jammed me up on that side around my flag. And what is it? It's surefoot was on them. <laughs> the 17.
0: I, I, yeah, they can get real frustrating 17. to hit.
1: Yeah, and the the thought was with the boost on Zal, I should be able to get through this.
0: Did you have Vet Leader um, accessible had, to the side?
1: I had Vet Leader on that side, mm-hmm. so they were looking for tens to hit. And he hadn't it yet, and he they were outside of dodge range. Right. So it up
2: pretty reasonable.
1: Yeah. So I think I was able to kill three of the dogs, clear off my flag between the unit of immortals, Hakar, and an ancestral guardian I, I had on that side. I was able to clear the flag and put a guardian on it because I didn't want to lose Hakar yet. Lord of the Feast had been on that side. I was trying to. Keep him back a little bit. I decided to trigger vengeance again on the left-hand side since they had lost Ravagers, and I thought I could kill. I think two of them, bringing them down to four models of the unit, and one. I think I killed one of the other one toffs. But on the left side is also where my war beasts are, and where the Supreme Guardian is, so I figure when he comes in on that side, I should have a big enough counterpunch to remove most of the unit. So he comes in with both units. He kills, I want to say, five Immortals out of my far left side between Vengeance and the Charges. Middle unit comes forward, kills, I think, three or four, and this is the turn that he decides to feed. I had made a mistake here and left... One in charge range of uh, Iona, which just like Xerxes, you don't want to give him that option. So he charges forward, kills one, overtakes into a second one, kills that, Blood Boons, Sprint from one of his Stalkers, and just gets on out of there. Yeah. So I start that turn. Zol is on, I think, 19 Fury. And I decide not to go for the assassination. There's too much in the way to get my vessel up there. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, So Vengeance comes up. I don't get much done with it, just because everything is def 13, armor 18 at this point with hyper uh, regeneration. So I countercharge. I'm essentially boosting every hit roll that I can just to make sure that they land. Mm -hmm. About half of them are still in dodge range. And let's see. The Supreme Guardian comes up, I think, kills three and a thresher and fails to kill two more when they tough because they're just in shaman range and in the middle i'm just not getting the tens that i need to force a tough check so i think the entire unit doesn't kill any ravagers on the right hand side i'm able to finish off the champions they're not the champions but the the wolf riders So not a great turn for me. I leave a lot alive in the middle. Yeah. So he has, I think at this point, five left in one unit and one in the other. So he decides to go for a scenario at this point. Brings Iona again, because again, I leave one in her charge range. And he Blood Boons a Hunter's Mark onto the Supreme Guardian to get a Stalker on it. But the way that interaction works is if he kills a model to trigger Blood Boon... That gives the Supreme Guardian the soul to Arcane Vortex it. Yeah. So he wound up having to hard cast it again. Spend one to sprint away. And doesn't clear either zone. But we're getting very low on clock. I think I have about 8 minutes left. He has maybe about 15. Uh, So it's getting to the end of the game. And I decide that I need to go for an assassination. Scenario's not going my way either. And unfortunately, at this point, I have the soul vessel on my flag trying to score points. And that is in the middle of an acid pool. And I'm just not able to get him close enough to Iona to get the telemetry on her. So I'm on 16 or 17 fury, and so I'm boosting, getting the sixes, and just subpar damage. When Zol's done, she has two transfers left, has maybe taken about half her health can only get two war beast shots onto her, so we just slap it back to him. He has what Zal's uh, defense is. Tell him 10. He's like, yeah, but that's the back arc. What is it in the front? It's 8. <laughs> uh, so he sends a stalker in on him and just sort of finishes him off.
0: One one thing I wanted to ask is that turn where you had all that fury and you decided to not go for the assassination. Yeah. Did you give any thought to trying to land asunder, to he, deny the lightning
1: strike? He had two stalkers, so I'd have to get in both spots to do that.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. Even with however far apart they'd be,
1: he had one on. He had one in, in the back of each zone, and I only had the one vessel. He had one in a forest, and the other one was just tag in the back of his own. So I'd have to get Zol about equal in the middle just to be able to strip stealth from one. Probably get the. There was just no safe way to remove sprint from Iona.
0: Yeah, I guess even with the vessel, it was still very complicated and trying to do that. Yeah, just an interesting line of play to think of. But when it does come up, it's usually later in the game, or the list doesn't have two stalkers. For instance, I don't play her with two stalkers.
1: I don't think any of the lists had her with two stalkers, but uh, this one did, and he's able to able to make use of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I've seen a lot of Stalker Feral, but I do like the double Stalker Battle Group there. It's interesting for redundancy
1: purposes. Then they're just good war beasts. They hit hard now. They do. How 19 with spring is pretty good. Yep. It's it's no slouch. But that was a really close game. That could have mm-hmm. gone either way in the middle. So uh, Ryan was really, really good player. He said he had some experience in the matchup. And that was just... Everyone that day was just a blast to play against. Makes sense. Yeah. So after that had the first beer of the day (laughs) and we met up with some with the other minnesota teams at a place called el fuego it's a mexican place just uh maybe about five or ten minutes from the hotel we were staying at we invited some other people out but a lot of the people from california weren't interested in wisconsin mexican food not sure why no (laughs) yeah a little a little less influence this far this far north (laughs) Uh, So it was just uh, some Minnesota people and uh, just hanging out with some friends and a few margaritas, a few beers. I think we got to bed fairly early, around 11. We were just trying not to think about the next day at this point.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. What were your expectations going in this as a team? Because at the end of day one, you had dropped just a single game in each round, correct?
1: We had been shooting for top half. We had come and saying if we place in the top half, we're happy. And again, we were sitting over dinner and just, i don't, no one cared how the next day went. We were already, we had already exceeded our, our expectations. Yeah. It, it helps take the pressure off when you're already like, we did fantastic. We're all enjoying ourselves. It's a lot of fun and great people all around. So it, it really set the right tone for the next day, I think. It doesn't matter how it comes out. We did what we came here to do.
0: Yeah, congratulations. That's definitely fantastic day one and going to make a interesting topic for the next game.
1: Yes. So the next game was uh, the finals into Canada Beaver. And this is the one where David, our captain, had come up with a plan that he didn't tell any of us about, where he went a little bit off of our matrix and decided to get ethan and me more favorable matchups just to try and guarantee uh, at least two wins because i think at this point we were three or four games ahead of the next team and that was the first tiebreaker he was trying to guarantee at least a second place finish and the wtc spot and he felt like he had a 50 50 shot into iona when the pairings were finished so I had been targeting Chris Dalton. He was their Grimkin player. As a favorable matchup with Xerxes2. This was on Spread the Net, and he won a dropping Dreamer. She had five Heavies, two Gorehounds, and then the four Gremlin Swarms and two rabbits. Any questions about the matchup process or anything? This one we... Won the role to go first and decided to take matchups.
0: I just want to commend a really bold decision from your captain because, like, yes, you could have played for the win and gone for, you know, some more 50-50s. But the way ATC works is the top American team gets to go.
1: Yeah, the, yeah, the, the top U.S. team gets to go.
0: I'm trying to remember if Griss was also doing king of nothing or if i'm
1: no, king of he, nothing was his other yeah. his, his
2: other list was king of nothing's three cage cageagers three skin and moans two Gorehounds.
0: oh yeah that list is like that's something when i was playing grimkin i i love king of nothing with <laughs> heavies or a decent amount of light
1: spam ethan's other faction was grimkin so i had some experience into dream and some experience into king Tom Kleist got uh, dropped into Charles soon. And I know they talk a lot about Merc stuff and Tom was running one of Charles's lists and just got dropped on a scenario with almost no line of sight blocking terrain. It was, yeah, it was just (laughs) a rough game from the get go.
0: I can only imagine because Charles knows his list probably better than he does.
1: Oh, yeah. And all the little tricks that you
0: can use with. Like, you talked about it yourself, where Kaiju can play into Magnus 2 as long as you know the matchup.
1: Yes. And unfortunately, that worked against me because now Tom was expecting Kaiju into Magnus 2. And Charles wound up dropping Morgul 2. And I just don't think he was expecting that.
0: Interesting. The data, I think, is wrong then on. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm,
1: I'm looking at it now, and there are Immortals everywhere on that table. He definitely dropped Morgul 2 into that.
0: Because I remember hearing a bit about the game, and I remember Archadon being specifically mentioned, which is not... Oh no, Archadon is in the Xerxes list. But anyway, you know there's, better there's than me.
1: There's one of the do. Xerxes, but there's one yeah. in uh, the Morgul as well. And there was a bronze back on that table. Is there a shell in
0: that list? Hmm? Is there a chef in that list?
1: In Borgel too, because he okay. had yeah, yeah. That's just a mistake. A chef and an Archidon with their backs to the table edge, to on opposite sides, just to deny Anastasia the backstab. So I dropped into Chris and won the roll to go first. He gave me a side where I was gonna have a building that split my deployment. So it, I, I kind of have to watch which, what's gonna go left and what's gonna go right and try and balance that out because he can always make a scenario play going the other way into me and that's just going to be an issue.
0: And what did you decide to do for that split?
1: I ran Hydra straight forward and kind of behind the building a little bit so it could go either way and then there was a pretty nice forest, or not a forest but a cloud on the right center that Tiberian went behind so he could get um, Island Sight and just play the threat range game Mm -hmm. and the turtles were far right and they were just going to contest his flag all turn and then along my flag i had the reptile hound and the misspeaker ready to contest so i was just trying to deny him scoring on the left side and try and attrition it down on the right Uh, so he came forward he dropped artifice of deviation right in front of tippers just so he couldn't just really limited his threat range. Yeah. Ran Gorehounds up and put Mirage on a skin and bones that came up, and just sort of spread out and put a Crab at three of the Gremlin swarms and a Gorehound sort of screening, just so I couldn't get in on his heavies that effectively. So top of two, Hydra gets guidance, goes forward, sprays. I think three of his four Gremlin swarms. But I feel like I'm going into a lot of detail and talking a lot. Is there a different way I can be doing this?
0: No, actually, I think what you're talking about here is one of the many important things about the Miss Speaker in this list. Yeah. Specifically with the Hydra sprays and just how much work you're able to get done on pieces like this.
1: Okay. Uh, so guidance on the Hydra, it's able to kill three of the four Gremlin forms and able to remove a Gorehound and stay out of his... Counter charge threat now let's put the hydra in threat range of a skin and bones and two of the gore hounds. so this was one of my big mistakes in the game is I had been planning to paralyze the skin and bones, and I wound up being about a quarter inch out with the Kraya. because I had measured it beforehand, but how the hydra landed meant I had to walk around it. Mm. And so just learning the matchups and when does the the Kraya lead the charge. To, to pull that off is a learning curve with uh, the kaiju list. So he comes in on the Hydra with skin and moans and two gore hounds and it rolls well and it leaves the Hydra on two boxes. I ran the numbers. I think it's like a 28% chance of killing it. Oh, wow. Okay. Leaves it on two and from there, he scores one in his zone. I score one in mine. He's not able to contest, and he can't clear off the flag because both turtles are contesting it. and at that point, it just starts to be a grind in the middle, and I run the reptile hound eighteen inches behind a forest in his zone that he can't clear out. and at that- a reptile hound from the wind. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point he had dedicated all the krabbits and the gorehounds and like all of the contesting pieces so he had to keep first a a cage rager and then his battle engine just to stop me from scoring his zone and at, right. th- yeah and it just sort of came down to he wasn't able to clear it out or contest my zone and just was able to attrition down scoring one every turn until i was able to scenario out
2: so when he put the Hydra down low on boxes, did he move the Battle Engine over or did he keep the Battle Engine more central?
1: He didn't. Battle Engine moved to his zone then. I think that was the point where he had had to move it back just to contest from the Reptile Hound.
0: I don't know. This is actually a pretty interesting game, hearing about it, because I played my own Grimkin into Kaiju fairly often, and struggled to come up with any list that really posed any sort of threat to me. And just to see Xerxes 2 pull out a scenario win on Spread the Net against Dreamer <laughs> is pretty sweet. And it's like we were talking about earlier, where the miss speaker and the Hydra Sprays did a lot of work, and even though your Hydra went down, you were still able to have more of the contesting pieces. And I'm guessing Peyton was asking about the Entropic
1: yeah. Yeah, uh, he's asking about the Entropagara.
2: And that's the sort of play that I usually see. If someone gets early damage into like breaking an aspect or something on my guard, just a little the death to be within five to turn yeah. off healing. Yeah. And then the Hydra becomes like this huge blocking piece to where you can't get another model in to do work.
0: I mean, I don't know what distances were like at that point or how valuable it was to contest that zone for him. But yeah, that that could have been a bit of a turning point for the Grimkin player.
1: I would have scored two to his nothing at that point. When
0: mm-hmm. you were already...
1: I had already scored one. Not yeah. contesting his zone, I don't think, was ever an option. Yeah. Because he had the Dreamer in there, but that's not... Doesn't contest. Yeah. <laughs> One funny thing there is he had, he killed the Hydra and turned it into the small base phantasm and ran that to my flag to contest it or to to score my flag.
0: <laughs> That's cute.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm like oh well that was that was good. So he just had to give me so many of his contesting pieces to try and limit my threat ranges.
2: That's the problem with any beast break on spread the net. Is you just have to forfeit so much of your army to stay relevant on scenario against other fast armies that it's very difficult.
0: So, with that, you take your game.
1: I take my game. Ethan was playing into Tim Banky. That was Silvestro with two trains and a Vulcan into High Reclaimer. And Silvestro with sprays on the trains, signs of importance. Uh, I think they're Pile 14, just clears infantry and being able to shut down the healing with the dragon breath rockets he's just able to push banky back and deny him a feat i think that game he was able to remove all three units in one turn
2: combining Uh, Explosivo and just removing entire units
1: i don't think he ever used Explosivo. it was one turn he would have been able to feed back three or four errants his next one was his feet turn and that medium base infantry that loves to clump up and just between you've got silvestro's brace yeah, you've got the sprays from the Vulcan, the sprays from the train, and Vulcan just out-threats the Judicator in that list in my Melee. Yep. It was a close yeah. game. I think his trains were on three or four boxes each at the end of the game. But Seems he just, right. Yeah, he was just able to uh, bulldoze Tim's models hot out of the zone.
0: Yeah. So with these two victories, I was looking at the final standings, and the decision really paid off to go for the two winning matchups because florida meta who was in third has you guys beat on strength of schedule on control points on army points destroyed
1: they beat us on every other tiebreaker by a healthy margin and i think we had one more game than them
0: yep and that's where it paid off
1: we were the top-placed U.S. team. We feel like we won. It, Like I said, it didn't matter what happened in the last game. We felt like we won before that. Mm-hmm. But one more game, and it would have been a completely different story throughout that entire Saturday. Yeah. So we realized that we had taken the number two spot, and we all just sort of looked at each other and like, has anyone told their significant other what this means? <laughs> no one had. So it, it started the phone calls. Guess what? We're, uh, we're going to Belgium in a couple months. Are you okay yeah. with that? You
2: guys talked about your pairing process for WTC. Are you guys going to try to stick with these same factions? Or are you uh, going to switch it up?
1: I'm sticking with Scorn. I think Ben is sticking with Menoth. David is looking around, and Tom's waiting to see the, the Pirates CID, how that shakes out. We pretty much had to leave right away because of the weather that we were getting in the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we drove in three separate cars. So we had to. uh, We haven't had a chance to talk about a lot of this yet. We finally have a team dinner set up for I think uh, in about a month. We'll finally get to see how each other's games went more in in more depth, Mm -hmm. and see what we want to do for that.
0: Sounds like it was a great event. And you guys played out of your minds (laughs) to get to to where you got to. Uh, And congratulations.
1: Thanks. If we ever had a second to stop and think about it, we probably would have psyched ourselves out. But everything was just happening so quickly, one thing after the other. It was a lot of fun, though.
0: So I don't know if you've had an opportunity to look at... I made a little spreadsheet for Scorn specifically in the ATC. and. There's not a ton of surprises here for me. Uh, Exalted was our most played theme with a 73% win rate. And that was followed by Imperial War Host with a 52% win rate. Then Masters of War at 38% and Winds of Death and Disciples coming in at zero. Uh, and Disciples, I believe there was only one person bringing a list and they never dropped it. So there there were no games played in Disciples. Wins with the mighty three games played. Three games played, no no victories. Oh, poor Wins.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it seemed like almost every Scorn player got that read right. With 51 games played in Exalted and 42 games played in Warhost. Yep, there
2: were slightly less Masters of War than I was expecting, but...
0: I think the team format actually hinders some of the counters that masters of war is able to bring because you're able to dodge a lot of them is That's my fair. guess.
1: You don't need to tech so hard for the yeah. RFP with people to cover. you.
0: Yeah. And looking over the spreadsheet, is there anything you two are surprised about or want to highlight?
2: I was kind of surprised at how well Zadesh did. Um, Cause Zadesh had like a 86% win rate.
0: Yeah. Zadesh had yeah. 14 games. Obviously Zadesh being on the winning team contributed to that a lot.
2: Yes. Quatter Sung and 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 uh, Hal Jensen all played Zadesh 2 a lot and have done well with him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we don't mention Zadesh 2 a lot on this cast, not because he's not great, but he for a while was the tie in with Risheth and he had a very straightforward, somewhat boring list that now only gets better by the bug buffs and some solo choice flexibility. But the hot tech of the tournament was also exalted.
1: Both him and Makeda you saw on multiple themes. Yeah. Which is good to see.
0: Yeah, I'm really happy that he's seeing play as a more combined list because his kit, even though it's fairly simple and might have you choose to favor one or the other, I think he's pretty good at mixing infantry and war beasts. So it's, it's cool to see him be able to fit in a list like Exalted.
1: Especially with the amount of overtake type infantry that's out there right now. Yeah. Just being able yeah. to trigger multiple defensive strikes. Oh, yeah. It's,
2: it's, it's really ahead. cool tech for Tharn and, and the Mirror. Uh, oh, yeah. The Mirror is real sad when Zal's like, cool, I'm going to charge all your morals now. Oh, I (laughs) was defensive strike.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All I know is I was ducking, scoring all weekend. I did not want to play into it.
0: It doesn't sound like fun with the freaking direct spirits and
2: (laughs) yeah, like you don't get a soul and I don't get a soul.
1: And (laughs) the Supreme (laughs) Guardians into kaiju.
2: Speaking of that, got a report from one of Pook's games where Xerxes won, Supreme Guardian killed two turtles and one activation. (laughs) i was like all right
0: (laughs) yeah when i heard that i was like shoot i that sounds real tilting
2: (laughs) i'm sure it was
0: i honestly i haven't found any single list extremely interesting going through everyone's stuff um you know mostly because i i love experimenting and i've seen a lot of them was there anything that either of you found that you'd like to talk about I brought up the Zadesh list just because I have a soft spot for the spoiler, and that was the first list I made when our CID started, was, oh, I think I can play Zadesh 2 with Exalted now, and it's not going to be terrible, because you get an extra cloud, you get counter and like you said, all those defensive strikes, and the negative two in Burning Ash.
1: Yeah, there's there's a list out, there's a one Morgul 3 list out there that I thought was really interesting uh on west coast hill people
0: Mm -hmm.
1: okay did you guys see this oh yeah this Uh, has been his
0: thing for a long time
1: has it yeah is this the uh the double accurate yep yep
2: yeah (laughs) oh man
1: i didn't get much of a chance to talk to him afterwards but it's like yeah it just fixes fixes so much of what he wants to do and takes out a lot of the list chicken aspects of putting them in your pairing."
0: Yeah, I I understand why it's a thing, but to me, the Supreme Guardian and your your battle group are ways to kind of soften the list chicken or take care of some of the bad elements of the game. I I've tried the AQRA and it's neat, but it's very win more to me. Okay, if that makes sense, like it's it's hard if you're already winning by blinding stuff, The enemy cannot retaliate against those pieces at all. But if you're blinding stuff and winning, does it really matter if they can retaliate or not? You know, so that's kind of where I I think the list is super interesting. I love that he's playing it and it got updated with the Supreme Guardian and I'm not knocking it in any way. I just that's kind of my theory behind why I I haven't really been pursuing something like that for Morgul 3.
2: Yeah, my current Morgul 3, I didn't see anyone playing anything similar. Is it exalted? It is.
0: Yeah, we talked about this a little bit where you you get hyper fixated on. Oh, I can't use Mirage. This sucks. And then as you play the list out, you're like, you know what? Mirage on despoiler. Not too bad. Mirage on Morgul 3. Not too bad. Yeah, Evan on last episode really sparked that for me
2: yeah after i talked with him i built like two or three versions of the list and i played it a couple times i actually i think it's pretty good i like it a lot yeah
1: well in this one it's at master, so uh, mirage does work on the supreme guardian doesn't it it does Gets him a little farther up there yeah yeah okay, okay.
2: depending on if they have really high powered guns or not you either give him mirage or occultation
1: oh yeah
0: all right so those are some lists we want to highlight any other closing thoughts on the ATC itself from you, Tom?
1: It's a ton of fun. If anyone ever has the opportunity, definitely go. Everyone was super friendly, very laid back. Just everyone looking for a few beers and to roll some dice. It's one of the few things that we make sure we hit up every year. Definitely go.
0: I'm really interested in
2: going next year
1: i would love to have a our podcast have a team going next year
0: yeah i don't know if we're going to fully commit to all scorn just yet but that's kind <laughs> of what that's that's what's uh in the works but like like we said we all play other factions so i mean we we might chicken out but i certainly i'm there to have fun and all five scorn sounds really fun to me Oh, we don't want to spoil that right now. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot. Scorn has a lot of generalist casters, to I, where I, I think you don't have to have overlap, and if you do have overlap, they can be in different themes. Okay. So there is uh, quite a bit of depth that we've received post CID.
2: I mean, out of our like 17 casters, there's only five I wouldn't take to an event right now. So. Yeah. So I think we you could realistically do it. I think you. start losing power after like the first three but
0: (laughs) yeah but if you if if you know what you're expecting obviously who knows what the meta is going to be like in a year but right it's doable it's not full meme
1: (laughs) (laughs) but what if you wanted to go full meme
0: if we wanted to go full meme pook would have so many reptile (laughs) outs
1: between
0: (laughs) his his pairing
2: I was gonna say we're gonna make Pook play Naresh.
1: No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, if Pook has to play Naresh in Zakhar, there's gonna be I don't know, they're gonna be pulling him out in a stretcher after the tournament.
1: <laughs> well, I didn't help. I I told him that the Reptile Hound won me that last game, so I think he's even harder on him now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so is there anything you wanna plug uh from your local meta or upcoming event or say anything to your teammates? before we end the episode?
1: We have two things here that uh, people will travel for. We have the Riverfront Rumble, which uh, used to be a War Machine Weekend qualifier. I'm not sure what it's called now. Um, That's in July. And then we have the Renegade Open that does War Machine as well. And that one is in September. So if you can make it out, usually a pretty good turnout. Just uh, people looking to roll some dice, have some fun.
0: (laughs) The the first one sounds like you play it on one of those casino water wheel boats <laughs> it, it If we had a... an event on that I'd be in
1: Uh I don't think we can do that
0: <laughs> Yeah uh, there's a TO somewhere
1: There's a TO for everything somewhere
0: Yeah <laughs> It was great having you on and talking about your games Uh once again congratulations
1: Thank you it was a lot of fun thanks for having me
0: uh, if anybody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to find you?
1: I'm on Facebook, Thomas Rorzinger, Not Too many of my last name floating around. Also, I am Tyrant Words on Discord, and uh, feel free to reach out.
0: Excellent. And uh, once again, I am Type Two on Discord.
1: I'm PR Priest on Discord.
0: And for any disciples of agony-related things, you know how to find us. It's the same name on Facebook, on Gmail, on Twitter. Please. Feel free to reach out to any one of us for questions. Our Facebook page, we usually try to start discussions weekly. And of course, on the post for each podcast. Thank you, and we'll see you again. We now consecrate the bond of
1: obedience. Assume the position. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another?